Matthew chapter 5 is where we are going to read this morning as we have the last few weeks. This morning we are going to key in on the sixth verse of Matthew chapter 5. Begin reading with verse number 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we come to that sixth verse, and I love it. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Bow your heads, if you will, please. And let's pray, ask the Lord for his anointing this morning. Father, we are grateful today to be able to gather in the house of the Lord. We're thankful for all of these that are joining us here to hear this word. And Lord, we ask that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will give us a divine liberty to speak as you would have us to speak, that you would give us liberty here in the house of God to be an instrument in your hand. I pray that you put your thoughts in my mind, your word in my mouth. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would give me liberty in the house of God. Give us all ears to hear, and not just with a natural ear, but let us be able to hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Give us a spiritual ear to hear and discern what you would have us to speak and hear this morning. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give me divine capability. In my own self, I am inadequate. But I pray for your anointing. Bless me to be a blessing. Let Christ be glorified. Let the church be edified. And for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful. We ask them in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. I'm going to title today's message, Finding Satisfaction. Finding Satisfaction. We are going to continue to look upon the Sermon upon the Mount, and we come to the fourth beatitude, or the fourth attitude that Jesus says that we must put into action into our life if we want to live a blessed life or if we want to journey into blessed living. Over the past few weeks, we have learned that while it is the desire of Christ that we live in a state of blessing, we have learned that there are also some requirements that we have to meet on our part. We have learned that the scripture teaches that if we're going to journey into blessed living, that then we must become poor in spirit or we must recognize our spiritual poverty. We have learned that a journey into blessed living requires that we become a good mourner. Amen. It means that godly sorrow produces a repenting heart. Amen. It is a heart that has been stricken with conviction and remorse that leads us to repent. We've learned this past week that a journey into blessed living requires that we must become perus, the Greek term for the word meek. We must become meek. If you were with us last Sunday or if you were listening online, we ministered concerning what Jesus meant about the word meek. 
And we concluded that the word meek does not mean docile or passive or, or weak, but it means that we must become accomplished at submitting our will to his authority. We must become accomplished at yielding our will to his will. It means that we may possess strength and we may have certain abilities and powers and authorities, but we must submit them to the control of the master. If we are going to live a blessed life or if we're going to journey into blessed living, then we must submit our life unto the lordship of Jesus Christ. If we're going to live a blessed life, then we must allow the king of kings and the lord of lords to have control in our life. And when that happens, when that happens, it's going to create a hunger and a desire in our spirit for more and more of his direction and his influence in our hearts. So uh, the progression through the Beatitudes thus far has been, number one, that we recognize our spiritual poverty. We recognize that we are poor in spirit. We recognize that we cannot reconcile ourselves unto God without outside intervention. We mourn and we are remorseful in our heart because of our sin and we become meek or we become a yielded vessel that realizes that we do not have the ability to guide or direct our own lives wisely. Hello? And then when we submit, I would submit to you this morning that when we do those three things, Amen. The hungering and thirsting in the fourth beatitude becomes a reality or becomes a result of the first three that we have studied. If we are poor in spirit, if we mourn, if we are meek, then out of that place, out of that place of surrender, out of that condition within our heart, there comes a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Out of that place where we are surrendered to the Lord and we are repenting unto the Lord, out of that place there comes a thirst that can only be quenched by knowing that we have spiritually made peace with God and that we have made things right in the sight of the Lord. What I'm saying is that the first three Beatitudes set us up for the fourth one. Amen. Or that fourth Beatitude comes about as a result of the first three. And Jesus says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hmm. That hunger comes to us as a desire to make certain that we have come to a good resolution over our brokenness. However, I would just point out to you this morning that in reality that the words that Jesus speak, they create a bit of a quandary for us. I don't know if you have ever thought about it, but listen carefully to what he says. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. I don't know if you have ever thought about this before, but why are we supposed to hunger and thirst after something that the Bible says that we have been freely given? Doesn't the Bible tell us that we have been made the righteousness of God? In Christ Jesus? Doesn't, I mean, is it not true that our righteousness comes to us through our relationship with Jesus? Is it not true that our righteousness only comes by faith and not by works? Then why are we supposed to hunger and thirst after something that we have already freely received in Christ? I said his words create for us a bit of a quandary. 
Is it not true that Jesus took our unrighteousness and freely gave to us his righteousness? All of those things that I ask, the answer is yes, it's true. So why are we supposed to hunger and thirst after something that we have already been freely given? Creates a bit of a question, a bit of a quandary. Here's the answer. Here's the reality. Here's what we need to understand in order for us to understand that sixth verse in its completion. Let me just see if I can give you this morning some simple theological truth in a nutshell without getting off in the weeds. Are you ready? Biblically, the word righteousness has two different aspects to it. The word righteousness is multifaceted and it encompasses both the righteousness of God that he has imputed to us, but it also includes the actions or the conduct of our own personal righteous behavior. Now let that sink in for a moment. When we talk about righteousness, yes, we are talking about the righteousness of God that has been freely given to us, but we are also talking about, on the other hand, he meant our own personal conduct or the righteous behavior that is supposed to take place in our own life. There are a lot of people that want to claim the righteousness of God and live like the devil. Hello? So understand that when we talk about righteousness, it encompasses both the righteousness of God that has been imputed to us, and it also includes the actions or the conduct of our own personal behavior. When John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness... When John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness and they were coming to him to be baptized, John tells them in Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 8, this is what he says to them, bring forth therefore fruits, meat, it says in the King James, meat of your repentance. What he is saying is bring forth therefore fruit, proving that you have repented. What he's saying is, I want to see the fruit of your salvation. I want to see the conduct of your righteousness. I want to see God's fruit in your life. Hello? So understand that it's very important for us that yes, we have received the righteousness of God, but that righteousness is, is, is a two-handed thing. Amen. He's also talking about our conduct, our behavior, the kind of fruit that we bear in our life. John saying to them, bring forth actions that prove that you have repented. If you are saved, he's saying, if you are saved, act like you are saved. If you are indeed a child of God, then act like you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, then let your testimony be that I am a child of God. Amen. Let your, let your conduct testify that you have been changed. So there are two aspects to the word righteousness, the righteousness of God and the righteousness of our own personal conduct. Those two aspects of righteousness in the scripture are presented to us through two theological terms, justification and sanctification. Justification and sanctification. Justification has to do with our standing. On the other hand, sanctification has to do with the state or the condition of our heart. The Bible clearly teaches that as a believer, we have both a standing and a state. We have justification and sanctification. 
If we have accepted Christ, amen, and we are saved by the grace of God, if we have been redeemed and we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, then we are a child of God. That is our standing. That is our standing. But our state, the conduct of our life, the actions of our life, our testimony may not always rise up to the level of our state or our standing. You understand what I'm saying? In short, we are saved. That is our standing. We are saved, but we may not always act like it. That's our, that's our state. You understand what I'm saying? Our standing is, yes, we are a child of God. We are blood-bought. We are born again. We are his child. And we may, we may be acting like a little child in the middle of a grocery store aisle throwing a tantrum. And that is our state. Our standing is still secure. But we need to work on our sanctification. We need to work on the state of our conduct. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Amen. So in short, we're saved. That's our standing but we may not always act like it. That is the state of our conduct. Justification has to do with our standing. Justification only comes through faith. Standing only comes through faith. Faith in Christ. It does not come by conduct or work. It comes by faith in Christ. Let me show you some scriptures that prove that. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he, he God, he hath made him, Jesus, he hath made him to be sin for us. He who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's justification. That is standing. That only comes by faith in Christ. That does not come by good works. That does not come any other way except believing upon the Lord. Romans 3 and 22. Even the righteousness of God. Listen to this. Which is by faith in Christ. Romans 3 and 28. Therefore we conclude that a man is what? Justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Romans 5 and 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. That is justification. That is standing. It comes by faith and it never wavers. If you have placed your trust uh, in Christ, then you are forever standing in that salvation as long as you keep your heart in his heart and your hand in his hand. Amen. That cannot change. That is your standing. Sanctification has to do with our conduct. It has to do with our behavior, our actions. Sanctification is about personal growth and progress. How many of you know when you come to Christ, you haven't got it all together? How many of you know when you've been living for Jesus for 30 years, you still haven't got it all together? I, oh, Lord, help me. I was going to say, I know people that have been in the church for years and they still are carnal. You hear what I'm saying? They're still babes. They've never grown. They've never progressed. They've never worked on their sanctification. They've never hungered and thirst after righteousness. Sanctification has to do with the process of becoming more and more and more like him every day. I tell you this morning, amen, when I got saved, I had a desire to be more and more like him. But it is a work. It is a still a work. It is a work in progress. We are all growing up unto the measure of the fullness of Christ. And none of us have ever arrived yet. Amen. I'm telling you here this morning, we all all need to continue to be growing and working on our conduct. 
so that our conduct rises to the measure of our standing and we act like him. Hmm. Am I helping anybody? We become more and more like him every day. Sanctification has to do with the kind of fruit that we bear in our lives. You've read over there in Galatians chapter 5 what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? Love, joy, meekness, temperance, long-suffering, gentleness. How many of you are always full of love, full of joy, full of meekness and temperance? I'll confess I'm not. In fact, I've walked out of Costco a few times, you know, and they... I check out, and then on the way out, they want to look my receipt over. And somebody said, oh, it's just because we want to make sure people don't take anything from the register to the, you know, to the door outside. The only thing from the register to the door is a hot dog, amen, a water a conditioner, and a bunch of tires. I'm not going to slip one in. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to slip one in under the cashews. So I admit there are time or two I'm like, well, hurry up and look for crying out loud. <laughs> and they don't. No, they don't. So my next tactic, <laughs> the last time, we, the, 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 when I did that, my wife, we got out to the car and she said, it's a good thing you don't have your occupation written on your forehead. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're probably right. So the next time I went to Costco, I thought, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to take a different approach. I handed them my receipt, and they went like that. And I went, hey, wait a minute. You didn't look. You didn't check this out. Come on, man. Look under here. Yeah, so I just went too far the other way. What I'm asking is, is, have you always produced the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Or have you produced some of the fruit of the flesh, too? Mm-hmm. I call it the fruit of Gary. Because if I ain't praying and I ain't doing what I'm supposed to be doing, the fruit of Gary comes to the top. And the fruit of you comes out, too. What he's asking us is to become more like him. Sanctification has to do with the kind of fruit that we bear. It is the condition or the state of our actions. And what we need to understand is that when Jesus says, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, he's not talking about hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of justification, but he is talking about hungering and thirsting for sanctification and hungering and thirsting, amen, for an appropriate uh, uh, behavior of Christ to manifest uh, itself in our lives. Uh, he's talking about hungering and thirsting to be more and more like Jesus. Uh, he's talking about having a hunger and a desire to produce uh, the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of your flesh. Mm. He's talking about having a hunger for spiritual growth. He's talking about having a hunger to strive every day to be more and more like Jesus. The word righteousness in Matthew 5 and 6 does not refer to imputed righteousness or justification. That has been freely given to us. It refers to a personal fidelity to God with a passionate desire for personal holiness. Hmm. That's a word you don't hear every day, even in the church. Amen. He's talking about having a desire to live a holy life, a desire to be like Christ. So having that hopefully in the grasp of your understanding, the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart to show up this morning and ask you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? 
Are you hungry and thirsting for the things of God? Are you hungry with an appetite for the things of the Lord? Are you desiring to be more and more like Jesus? Or are you content to just float along? Or are you hungering for more and more of him? Are you hungering this morning? What are you hungry for? What is your appetite for? Are you, amen, hungry for the things of this world? Are you hungry for for wealth and money and power? Are you hungry for position and influence? Are you hungry for leisure and for comfort? I came to tell somebody today that Jesus said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they are the ones that shall be filled. Oh, my God. Our problem is we have an appetite for everything but God. Hello? Blessed are they that hunger to be like Jesus. Blessed are they that hunger to be the salt of the earth. Blessed are they that have a desire to be a light, a city that is set upon a hill that cannot be hid. Blessed are they that are willing to pick up their cross and follow after Christ. I said, are you hungry? Do you have an appetite? Are you thirsty? Amen. Do you want it with all of your heart? and with all of your soul and with all of your might do you want it even though you know people are going to talk about you do you want it even though you know the devil is going to fight you every step of the way do you want it even though you know that it's a straight gate and a narrow way I came to tell you if you're hungry and you want it like that God is willing to fill your heart to overflowing I'm not talking about, you know, that little appetite that goes, well, you know, I suppose I could eat. I suppose I could have a bite. No, I'm talking about hungry. I'm talking about hungry. 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 Amen is more than just a vague interest. Hungry is more than an I can take it or leave it attitude. Hungry is more than a nibble or a morsel mentality. Hungry is more than a little picky kid pushing food around on their plate because they've already had three squares and too many snacks. Hello? I'm talking about hungry. Amen. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you get hungry. Amen. You see, our problem is we don't even sometimes understand what hungry is. Hello? Because we live in such a land of plenty that we don't even realize what hungry really means. I mean, when you get hungry... Amen, I'm not talking about, you know, a little nibble mentality. I'm talking about Katie, bar the door. I am ready to eat the, amen, the south end of a, amen, or the north end of a southbound mule. I'm talking about I am hungry. Amen, I am ravished. I am ready to eat. Amen, passion, need, hunger, a must. Amen, let me just tell you, when your spirit gets to the place where you say, God, I've had enough of the things of this world. I've had enough of trying to fill my heart with the pleasures of this life. What I really need is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in my heart. What I really need is a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Amen, amen. Like Elisha, when he followed Elijah around and said, As my soul lives and as my soul liveth before the Lord, I will not leave you. Why? Because you got something I want. 
Amen. Like Moses when he said, God, I beseech you, show me your glory. <laughs> I'm hungry for you. Like the psalmist that says in Psalms 42 and 1, as the deer pants after the water brook, so longs my soul after you, O God. My soul, he says, thirsts for God, for the living God. When, amen, shall I come and appear before him? Psalm 63 and 1, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My soul thirsts for thee. Amen. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. Psalms 84 and 2. My soul longs. Amen. Yea, even faints. Amen. For the courts of the Lord. And my flesh cries out for the living God. When you get that kind of hungry. When you get that kind of hungry. When you're moved with a passion for the things of God. He said, I'll fill you. I'll fill you. Hungry is the Apostle Paul. How many of you knew the Apostle Paul knew who he was in relationship with? He knew him. This is what he says in Philippians 3 and 10. Oh, oh that I might know him. What Paul is saying is, oh, yeah, I know him, but I don't know him like I want to know him. Oh, I know who he is. In fact, it was the same Paul that said, I know in whom I have believed. I know him. But here in Philippians, he says, oh, that I might know him. That I might know him in the power of his resurrection. Paul is saying, I know him, but I don't know him like I want to know him. I came to tell you this morning, I know him. Amen. I know he and I are good friends, but I also can tell you that I don't know him like I want to know him. There's a hunger in my heart. Amen. For more of God's presence in my life. Paul says in Philippians 3 and 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I ain't made it yet. But this one thing I do, and I like to preach this little line here, not these 40 things I dabble in. Hello? Not these 40 things I dabble in. No, 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 no. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before me. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank God I'm not what I was. Amen. But thank God I'm not content to stay where I am. I want to go forward with him. Amen. We need to cultivate a spiritual appetite. A spiritual hunger and a thirst for the things of God. Hungering for more of him. Hungering for his righteousness. For our state to match our standing. For our fruit to be a testimony of his justification that he has freely given to us. Pastor Gary, how can we hunger and thirst? How can we know? <clears throat> how can we know whether we are hungry for the things of God? I probably don't have to preach too long on this. You know whether you are hungry for God. Nobody has to tell you. Nobody has to tell you what you are hungry for. But in case you just really, really don't know, let me give you a little pop quiz. We'll take a little test together and see. Are we dissatisfied in any way with ourselves? 
Ask yourself that question. We're going to take a little quiz. Are we hungry? This will help us figure out whether or not we are. Are we dissatisfied with ourself in any way? Thomas Watson, the great Puritan, said, He that has the need of righteousness wants it the least. He that has the most need for righteousness wants it the least. If there's not a part of your life where there's some dissatisfaction and you take it to the Lord and say, God, I want to be more like you, chances are you ain't hungry. Hello? Amen. If there, amen. Ask yourself, if we are dissatisfied with ourselves because we feel, amen, we feel like we are failing the Lord, that, that's, that feeling or that symptom, if you will, of dissatisfaction is a surefire way to tell whether or not we are hungry. If there's a part of you that is just happy to coast along, I grew up hearing the phrase, any dead fish can float downstream. But it takes a live one to make its way upstream. If you're just comfortable in yourself and you think you've got it all together enough that you don't need anything more, chances are you're not very hungry. But if you can look on the inside and find some dissatisfaction and say, oh, God, help me in this area of my life. Help me to do better in this area of my life. Have my light to shine even brighter in this area in my life. Amen. That is a, a surefire way to tell that there's some hunger and some passion down on the inside. Question number two. I could give you some other verses on that, but I'm going to move along. Question number two. Ask yourself, are you striving to fill a spiritual void with natural things? Are you striving to fill a spiritual void with natural things? I have had people tell me, I feel better when I go shopping. When I buy something new, and I've told him, yes, and you feel better until the new wears off. Because you're trying to fill a spiritual void with something from this natural world. You'll never do it. You'll never do it. Beloved, trying to fill a spiritual appetite cannot be quenched by feeding it the junk food of this world. You understand what I'm saying? Hungering and thirsting after God cannot be satisfied by trying to fill it with the things of this life. You can bring a hungry man flowers. You can bring a hungry man a brand new suit. You can bring a hungry man a beautiful watch. But all he really wants is food. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot fill that spiritual void by bringing flowers and a new suit and a new what? Maybe boots will do it. I don't know. You can't fill, amen, a spiritual hunger with the natural things of this world. It will not work. All that will fill that spiritual hunger is a flood of God's Holy Spirit and manna from heaven that manifests itself in your life. Amen. Number three, are, are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Here's a good way to tell. Are you hungry for the word of God? Do you have a spiritual appetite and a craving for God's word? How many of you know you, you don't have to force a hungry person to eat? No, no, you throw down the ribs and get out of the way. Right? I mean, if you are hungry... You, 
You don't have to. You don't have to beg a hungry person to eat. Come on, won't you eat a bite? Oh man, bless God, I'll eat a bite. All right, right? No, a hungry person is ready to eat. It's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. If we are hungry, you don't have to beg people to come to Bible study. You don't have to beg people to turn on the YouTube channel. You don't have to beg people to come to the house of God where the word of God is being preached. No, if you're really hungry, if you're really hungry, you want to hear God's word. You hear what I'm saying this morning? If given the opportunity, if we are spiritually hungry, we will devour the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah says, thy words were found and I did eat them. He's talking about the word of God. He's telling God, I found your word and I did eat your words. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Job said, neither have I gone back on the commandments of your lips. For I have esteemed your words. Amen. Or the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you are hungry, God is speaking manna into your life by his word. Amen. Ask yourself, do you have an appetite for God's word? Or do you find yourself picking up the word of God and opening it and reading a couple of verses and go, yeah, I read that before. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, I read that before too. I wonder what's on, I wonder what's on the TV. Hello? What are you hungry for? If you're hungry for God's word, that's a good sign that you're hungry for his righteousness to fill you. Are the things of God, number four, are the things of God sweet to you? Some of you here this morning are going to understand what I'm talking about right now, and some of you may not. But I find this absolutely priceless. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 7. This is what scripture says. To the hungry, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. To the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. You know how I can tell when somebody's really, really hungry and thirsty for the things of God? Doesn't matter what kind of storm they're going through. Doesn't matter what kind of bitterness they're facing in their life. They have a sweet desire to draw closer to Christ. They have a sweet desire to draw closer to, even though they're going through the storms of life, they're filled with an inner passion to pursue God. There are some folks that, know, that can only rejoice, amen, when things are happening good in their life. The hungry will pursue God through the good and the bad. Hello? To the hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. Amen. Even a hungry man, it, it doesn't have to taste sweet to seem sweet. Because it's feeding something in him. You hear what I'm saying this morning? So I don't know about you, but how did you do on the test? Are you hungering for the word of God? Are you, are you finding that you are thirsting for the righteousness of God to be manifest in your life? Do you, are, you, are you desiring your state to rise to the position of your stand? You're standing in God. Are you, are you wanting to be more and more like Jesus? I close with a final thought. The only satisfaction that can be found is by seeking his righteousness and hungering to be more like him. And when we do, his promise is we 
shall be filled. He says, if you're hungry, if you're serious, in the day that you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found. If you're hungry, I won't turn you away. If you are really hungry, you'll do whatever it takes to get to the table, right? I mean, you know, I mean, and uh, how many cooks we got in here? We look around and see that, you know, we, got, we probably got some cooks in here, and they spend all day in the kitchen, you know, getting things prepared and getting things ready and getting the table set, and they go, okay, come on, it's dinner time. I'm not very hungry. <laughs> I ate too many crackers and cheese. <laughs> Hello? No, 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 no. When they when they know they got a hungry crowd, they're getting it ready and they put it on the table when they say, Come on. I don't know how it is at your house, but when they say, Come on, you better get on there. I can remember a time with three boys growing up in the house. Ty would fix two, two whole fried chickens, and it would disappear. I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, two whole fried chickens? My Lord. Amen. That, that's what I'm talking about. If you are hungry, he says that old hymn, Jesus has a table spread. Where the saints of God are fed. And he invites the hungry to come and dine. And the course says, come and dine. The master calls, come and dine. If you're hungry this morning, I got good news. He's not going to turn you away. There's a table spread. There's a place where the hungry can be fed. There's a place where the thirsty can quench their thirst. It's in the presence of the Lord. He says, come to me. Jesus always appealed. It's always personal. He says, come unto me. Never come and join the church. Come and be a member of the church. Come and give money. No, none of that stuff. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come to me and I will fill you. When Jesus says, you will be filled, he is saying, you will be filled with his presence. I say to you this morning, if you are hungry, come and eat of the bread of life. If you are thirsty, come and drink of the water of life. If you are weary, come, amen, and find rest for your soul. If you are guilty, come and find forgiveness. If you are far away from God, then come back home and be reunited with the Father. Blessed are those that are focused upon righteousness. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for personal holiness. Blessed are those amen who live in a world where people amen amen are far from the Lord and they're desiring to bring people back to God. Blessed are those that long for the kingdom to come on this earth and his will to be done on this earth. If you're hungry come and he will fill your heart. Amen. I, I prayed as the Lord I prayed as the Lord put this message upon my heart. I don't want to just point out sometimes our lack of hunger and cause us to feel like we're not measuring up. That's not the purpose of my sermon. That's not the purpose of my message. If I called attention to some of the areas of your life that you need to work on, amen, that's wonderful, but I'm not trying to make you feel down on yourself. What I want you to know, and if you take nothing else away, understand this, he desires to fill your heart. He said, if you hunger and you thirst, you shall be filled. Hmm. Bow your heads and we'll hush. Amen. Bow your heads and we'll close. Father, yeah. 
that blessed state that you desire for us to live in, there is a prerequisite. And that prerequisite is to hunger and thirst for our personal conduct to witness to others what you have done in our life. For our life to be a light unto this world. A hunger to be like your son, Jesus. A thirst to be filled with his Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you for the promise that when we hunger, we shall be filled. We shall be filled. Thank you this morning, Father, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that I have sensed as I have preached what you've laid upon my heart. Now I pray, Father, that you will take this word to those that have heard. And I pray, Lord, that you will fulfill your promise that to every hungry heart, you will just simply pour in the oil and the wine. Heal our brokenness. Heal our spirit and our heart. And cause us to be more like Jesus. Quench our thirst. Satisfy our hunger. In Jesus' name we pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here today? And you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I haven't been hungering or thirsting as I should. God sees your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. Hands all over the building today. Yes. Fill us, Jesus. Fill us, Lord. Just stand to your feet. Slip your hands right up toward heaven. Universal sign of surrender. Slip your hands right up toward heaven. And just begin to ask him, Lord, fill my heart. Lord, I hunger for more of you. I hunger for your presence. I hunger for your leadership. I hunger for your leadership in my life. I hunger, Lord, for you to help me lay aside every sin that does so easily beset me. I hunger for more of you, Father. Touch my life. Touch my heart. Holy Spirit, flood my, flood my soul like dry, parched ground. Let the water of God quench and fill my thirst. Touch our lives, I pray. Lord, don't let us leave like we came. In Jesus' name.